You're listening to Source Daily. Join us Monday through Friday to stay up to date with what's happening in North Central Ohio. We'll be sharing a closer look at one of our top stories, along with other news, local history, memorials, answers to your questions, and more. Today, we'll hear from recent Knox Pages athlete, Spencer Hughes. Before we begin, a message from our friends and sponsors at the Pat Crocker Breast Cancer Foundation. The Pat Crocker Breast Cancer Fund helps before breast cancer strikes. They pay for early breast cancer screening and any follow-up diagnostic services. Donate now to support fighting breast cancer awareness in Richland County. Just visit helpmepat.org donate. Now our feature story. Our Athlete of the Month series runs throughout the upcoming school year. Here's the gist. Each month, one high school athlete from Richland, Ashland, and Knox counties will be recognized as the Park National Bank Athlete of the Month. Those athletes will be profiled and awarded a commemorative Athlete of the Month certificate. Additionally, the athletic departments of the monthly honorees will receive $1,000 from Park National Bank. Today, a quick conversation with recent Knox Pages Athlete of the Month, Spencer Hughes. The Mount Vernon golfer is a shining example of sportsmanship and the indomitable will of a young athlete. Now, I mean, the, the freshest thing on your mind, what uh, what went through your mind when you first found out? I mean, I was excited, obviously. It's nice to, um, I mean, I've had a good month and season for golf so far, um, making co-player of the year for our conference, and just now advancing to districts. Um, we're two of my big goals going into the season. Um, it's nice to accomplish those and get some recognition for it as well. Um, it's always nice. It always just feels nice. Okay, now I, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, what went on earlier this week. I looked up the, the numbers. My understanding, you got in a playoff. Was that what happened? Yeah. Um, so during the round, I actually had a really disastrous start. I was seven over par through seven holes. Um, and then after that, I played the, the rest of the 18-hole round uh, three under par to force myself into a playoff with three guys in it. Um, and that playoff ended up going to the third hole. Uh, I made par on every hole to advance through both of the guys. Uh, one bogey to second hole, one bogey to third hole, and uh, making par was enough to get me through. When, when you're through hole six, hole seven, and you see what your scorecard looks like, what, uh, what goes on in your mind when something like that's going on? Because, I mean, this is, I mean, <laughs> it's do or die. So what's, what's yeah. going on in your mind? So the hole that kind of started it for me, um, there was a par three. It was a really difficult pin. And my coach came up to me. He saw I wasn't playing well. And he just said, just be Spencer. So just play kind of how you normally will. Um, and one of the kids I was playing with, I played with a lot this year. I told him, you know what? I, I, I'm not out of this. Uh, I, I know I can play good enough to come back. And I was just going to try and get my score down as low as I could. Um, and on that hole, I ended up making uh, about a 15, 20-foot putt for, to save par. And once I made that, then I knew I was going to be able to put a good run in. Um, so really, all it was was a shift from thinking man this kind of sucks as a way to end my high school career it's a you know let's let's at least um at least make myself proud and leave everything out there this is potentially the last time i'm going to be teeing it up as a high schooler so i I just wanted to make sure i left everything out there and even if i didn't advance uh i wanted to be happy with how i played that day psychology of the game i know when you're out there playing if you have one bad hole that can really send things downhill in a hurry but how difficult is it to get that one good shot of that one good hole and then things are up from there. I mean, how, how, how difficult is that? How rare is that? 
Well, it's very, very uncommon that a player will be as far out of it as I was and manage to actually get themselves back in. Because uh, golf, primarily, it's, it's, a, it's all about the mental game. You have to stay in it the whole way through. Um, and especially at the high school level, you don't, if you see kids get off to a bad start, they usually finish poorly. For me, what it came down to was a matter of luck, like making that putt. I mean, there's a very low percentage chance, uh, at least on paper, that I make that putt. And I, I needed that, see that putt to, to go in to make sure that like, I knew in my, like, in my head that I had what it took to keep playing like that and make it through. Well, let me just ask you this. What, uh, what is it that you do? What are you working when you're away from the school and away from practicing here? What, what else do you do? Um, well, over the summer, uh, I work at the Mount Vernon Country Club uh, mm-hmm. doing course maintenance. Um, in Apple Valley, I know some guys that work out there, so they need some help. So I've been doing carts out there a couple weekends um, here and there when I, when I can. And then other than that, um, I spend a lot of time on school. I do college classes through Kenyon. Um, so I'm taking physics and computer science. Which, there's, a, there's a lot of time that goes into that. I have another college class through COTC. So just have to make sure I stay on top of all my work and everything so I can put as much time into golf uh, as I can. You're taking all these courses um, at the high school, or are you bouncing around? Uh, no, I, I, um, I have my, the COTC classes online, and then uh, my Kenyan classes are on the Kenyan, Ken, on the Kenyan campus. Um, so I, uh, I don't really have any classes at the Mount Vernon High School campus. Right. Okay. What are the things? What do you, what do you like to do uh, besides golf? What do you What do you enjoy doing? Huh, well, <laughs> I mean, there's obviously not much time for anything else. But, uh, at at the moment, all I'm doing <laughs> in my free time is trying to go as much as I can. Well, out of season, I mean, I'll hang out with my friends, uh, work out, uh, play video games, just kind of normal stuff. But a lot of my time, especially right now, is uh, and when the weather's nice enough to play golf, I, I golf and I do school. It's mm-hmm. kind of what's become my life. Now, once um, once this is over, what's what's you know, you get your you get your degree. What's what's next from there? Where are you going from there? Uh, I'll go into uh, college. Uh, I'm looking to study uh, either a form of engineering or computer science. Uh, those are what my two main options are right now. And so looking to then end up being like a software engineer or uh, working as like a normal engineer, like whatever field I end up going in. Um, do you have a Do you have a location yet? Do you have any ideas? Or? Uh, no, I'm like keeping my options pretty open for where I go to school. So I, I'm just kind of wherever I get accepted, I'll make my choice from there. Would you consider on the getting trying to get on the golf team when you're there? Maybe it, the thought has definitely crossed my mind, but it's not a priority at the moment. Let me let me bring you back uh, here for a moment. I, I I do remember asking around the start of the year. You know, being the lone senior. Okay, it's given you a uh, you know perspective of, of leadership now that the season has progressed as far as it has what do you think you've learned i think I've, I've learned that golf is as easy or as hard as you can make it as you make it yourself um for me this year i had some goals going into the season for kind of what i wanted to help our players do that are coming up to make sure they have a good year next year uh help their outlook on how they play the game and everything like that so and i i talked to some of the guys and i think you're gonna have to keep an eye out these coming coming years because there's probably gonna be at least one of them in the spot I'm in right now. You just you just answer my next question for me is uh, you know next year when you're gone and they're and and they're back what what are they going to be like? Uh, so expand on that a little bit then. How good are they going to be? You know it all it all depends on how much work they put in. 
The kid on the team I've had my eye on the most recently is Tyler Marcel. This season, um, he his fre- coming into his freshman year, he didn't really practice much, didn't really play much, just kind of was on the team to be on the team. But over this last summer and then during the season this year, he's put in a ton of work. I know he has the drive to be better. Um, and so he's a guy that I would totally say to keep your eye on. And then between uh, Evan Stetler, Austin Hammond, um, and Griffin Beach, and even Tanner Burgess, the, those those four guys I've been playing with this year, like they all have the potential to be better than me. But it's just a matter if they put the work in, um, if they, they just have it in them to get it done when it matters. You know, as I brought up, you know, you're the, the senior, you're kind of the natural leader, but not not just that. In a way, you're kind of you've you've kind of taken the torch. You know, of, you've met some of the some golfers of the past. You know, Charlie Phillips, who works here, and some of the others, and. And now, you know, you're kind of carrying it. Was there, is there any, is there either any burden or just the opposite, any of excitement to have that? And then once you're done, that you'll be able to get a chance to pass that along to somebody else. Uh, you know, last year, uh, my junior year, I didn't have a great year. Um, but Ben Bridges, the senior, uh, he had a great year, his best year in high school by far. He made it to states. He was the player of the year. He placed top 10 in states. He ended up going D1. Um, so... There was a little bit of that pressure coming into this year, for sure, um, to at least make sure I don't fall completely behind him because, you know, he is a better golfer than I am. But I think going into this year, I've played um, a lot of most of the time about as good as I can, um, and I've I've definitely put my best foot forward um, in every tournament I've played in. So there, there definitely is a there's a bit of pressure, but especially at um, sectionals when I knew I was going to be in that playoff uh, there's a lot there's a lot of excitement because so I watched him win a playoff the year before and I wanted to make sure I could match that know a great athlete in your community athletic directors and coaches have until the 25th of each month to nominate an athlete stories profiling the winners will be published on Richland Source Ashland Source and Knox pages during the first week of the following month now some Ohio history Today, we finish up our series about Paul Brown's legendary coaching career. Brown was a pioneering figure in high school, college, and professional football. Known for his strict discipline and meticulous approach, he also faced criticism for his controlling personality and sharp rebukes of players. Brown implemented exact practices and didn't hesitate to ridicule players' mistakes. Brown was a tough negotiator and often clashed with players over salaries. His stinginess helped cause the formation of the NFL Players Association to advocate on behalf of those taking the hits. Despite his tough-as-nails style, Brown's contributions to football are unparalleled. He introduced structured practices, game film analysis, the 40-yard dash, intelligence tests for players, and innovations like the draw play and modern face mask. Brown was instrumental in promoting racial integration in pro football, and his practices directly and indirectly influenced many of the best football coaches of all time. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. This Saturday at 7.30 p.m., the Mansfield Symphony Orchestra is hosting their local artist showcase, featuring performers Narrow Arrow, Ricky Mitchell, and Jimmy Vincent. You'll hear different styles of music, fun favorites, accompaniments to local songs, and a whole lot more. Tickets start at $15 for this one-night-only show. Head over to rentickets.org for more information. Finally, we'd like to take a moment to remember Virginia Fetter. Virginia was born in Crestline in 1923. She married the love of her life, Gerald, in 1942. They spent 72 wonderful years together before his passing. 
After graduating high school, Virginia served her community for 25 years working as a billing administrator for Crestline Hospital Business Office. She loved being involved with Calvary United Church of Christ in Crestline, where she would never miss her open-door Sunday school class where she would share in the teachings with her peers. Virginia took great pride in her work with Tabitha Women's Group. Virginia loved her family and was always there for them. She especially cherished family dinners and holidays. She's survived by her children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Virginia's life. You can submit an obituary for free on Richland Source. To learn more, click the link in our show notes or visit richlandsource.com obituaries submit. Thanks for listening. Join us again tomorrow. Also, make sure to head over to richlandsource.com and click the Be a Member button to help support independent local journalism that informs and inspires. Every contribution goes to helping us make Richland County a better place and to help keep our journalism free. Also, if you like this podcast and want to hear more, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts.